Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Members Podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is the 28th of August, a Monday. And as usual, with all the information contained in this podcast, it is a general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well, it's 11.30 and we've just seen the retail sales numbers come out for July and uh, the retail turnover rose 0.5% in July 2023, a partial reversal of last month's sharp decline in turnover. Not sure this is going to have much impact on the market. Currently, the ASX 200 at 11.30 is up 37.7 points or 0.53%. This comes on the back of a better night in the US on the back of Jerome Powell's 14-minute speech. On Friday night or Friday afternoon in the US, the uh, the headline speech at the Jackson Hole Symposium. Nothing really particularly new there. Certainly didn't upset the apple cart and the US Dow was up around 250 points. Sunday night trade in the US is not the most reliable of indicators, but so far we do have US futures and the Dow up around 60 points, and NASDAQ futures up around 35 points. As I say, we are up around 38 points on our market today. This morning, uh, the big gains really are in the banks, as always, but industrials kicking on as well, and resources. BHP is up 1.4%, CBA is up 0.7%, Woodside up 1.2%, CSL doing better today, up around 1%, and ResMed up a point. 8%, so that's a little bit better there for ResMed. But once again, I guess it's all about resource and results. And today we have had uh, the Fortescue results out this morning. And uh, I have to say, uh, they declared a dollar in dividend. The uh, revenue decreased 3% to 16.9 billion US. Uh, underlying earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization dropped 6% to 10 billion US dollars. Net profit after tax fell 23% to 4.8 billion. But the real story of the day, I guess, in terms of Fortescue was the mining boss, uh, the CEO, Fiona Hick, who had only been with the company six months as CEO, has resigned and she is leaving the company. Uh, Dino Otrano, Otranto is going to be promoted to chief executive of the mining division, putting him on a par with Mark Hutchinson, who runs Fortescue's Clean Energy Division. So that's uh, the 10th senior executive to leave Fortescue within three years. So uh, not such good news. Obviously, not the most happiest executive suite, perhaps, at Fortescue at the moment. The stock currently is down around 3.1% this morning. So that is something to bear in mind. Also making news this morning... In terms of movers and shakers, uh, we have had some uh, losses in some of the companies reporting this morning, and some big losses for Appen uh, was a nasty one this morning. Down, uh, last I looked, it was down 27%, 26.3% on their numbers this morning. Very disappointing numbers there from Appen. Uh, I have to say that one has um, popped up from time to time as uh, a stock to watch. But uh, luckily, we haven't been involved in that one, uh, down 27% this morning. So some not such good news there. Uh, in other news, on the downside this morning, some of the short 
people are making hay while the sun shines at the moment. We've got Pilbara uh, down 3.8%. Just trying to find support at three at $4.50, which has been the bottom end of the trading range for some time. It did crash through that and hit a low of $4.33 earlier, but it has recovered. It's only down $4.00. Uh, to $4.51 at the moment, so down 19 cents. Uh, shorts there, there's about 8.6% of the company is short in Pilbara Minerals, and we have seen some um, downgrades, I guess, to profit targets, uh, price targets rather, from some of the brokers following those results on Friday. Stock did, did take a big hit on Friday, but um, looks like it's trying to stabilise around 450, which is the bottom end of that trading range. The other one that's got a big short and is struggling a bit, Core Lithium, has got 8.4% of its stock shorted, and that is another one struggling. In fact, the lithium space generally this morning is not such a happy place. Core Lithium are down 4.3%. They put out the SPP documentation. That SPP is uh, being done at 40 cents a share, and the stock price has just slipped below that 40 cent mark for uh, Core Lithium, 39 to 39 and a half. In other corporate news out this morning, Sayona Mining down 20%, another big hit there. Their CEO has resigned. Judo continues to be chopped, and despite the fact that uh, they made the best of the result last week, down another 3%, back down below 90 cents there. So not much good news there for that one. Some of the winners today, though, we have seen uh, results flowing thick and fast to some extent, although uh, it is uh, coming to the tail end of reporting season. We do have more to come this week and another Super Thursday uh, to finish things off. And of course, we do also have US job numbers on Friday, given what Jerome Powell said in terms of data dependency and the, um, the rate or the direction of interest rate rises or falls or pauses uh, that number will certainly be playing into their rhetoric over at the Federal Reserve, which meets on September the 20th, 21st, to decide on the rates. At the moment, just looking at some of the winners, Magellan continues to push a little higher. They're up around 4%. We're still seeing a bit of interest in the uranium stocks. Boss Energy up 3.9% and Deep Yellow up 3.9% as well. So some interest there in uranium stocks. Ramsey Healthcare, which had a pretty miserable day on Friday, up around 3.7% as well this morning. And we have seen a little bit of interest in a stock called Melbana Energy, which is drilling for oil and gas in Cuba. They're up 51% this morning. And also 4DS, which is the chip well, I was going to say maker, but certainly they are involved in uh, memory chips with a, uh, research being done by IMEC. They're up another 18.5% today. Hello World out with some results today too. They're not having a bad morning either. They're up 6.7%. It is relatively quiet in the market. I guess we're going to have to see what the US does, but certainly there is a lot of anticipation pre-Jackson Hole in terms of what Jerome Powell was going to say. And I think uh, it's fair to say he didn't really say much, to be quite honest. So um, that very much playing into that. A number of other companies reporting this morning. Uh, in the Harry Kane portfolio, we've got Invercare out with their numbers this morning. Didn't spook the horses. Up a mere cent, $12.53. Of course, there is a takeover bid in process there for Invocare. That takeover there at $12.70 in cash. 
That's inclusive of a fully frank special dividend of up to 60 cents per InvoCare share. So obviously InvoCare shareholders can benefit more than the 60 cents and they can utilize those franking credits. Uh, so that implies a value uh, to some, not all of course, because if you can't use the franking credits, not much use to you. But that implies a value of up to $12.96, currently trading at $12.53. That deal is pretty much done and dusted, to be honest, and there's certainly nothing in the results there that would uh, freak out TPG in that takeover space there. As I said earlier, Appen is the big result out this morning with a 27% fall. Uh, revenue dropped 24% to 139.5. They continue to spin it as an artificial intelligence data services company, but at the moment they are really struggling to do that. Cash balance of 55.2 million, and uh, the new CEO as uh, who only stepped into the role in February. I uh, said the first half result reflects a challenging external environment. You can say that again, and it will not pay a dividend. One of the worst performing tech stocks of the year, down 38%. In other results, Link Administration as well uh, will still pay a final dividend of $0.04, cents despite tumbling to a bottom line loss, $418 million bucks, revenue up 4.5% to $1.23 billion. As far as strategy goes today, well, nothing really has changed on the back of the uh, testimony from Jerome Powell. Certainly no reason to jump in. It'll be interesting to see, as I guess, what happens in Wall Street tonight after they've had a weekend to think about things. In the ideas portfolio, we do have uh, a bunch of uh, ideas there. Mineral Resources, Fortescue and Champion Iron. Well, Fortescue at the moment not having a very good time after the uh, resignation of the CEO as we talked about earlier, down nearly 4% there. Mineral resources, uh, slightly uh, easier as well, down around 1.1%. And Champion Iron, uh, they are down around 0.9%. The good news in the ideas portfolio is CSL has improved slightly, ever so slightly, up 1.1%. So it's good to see that one uh, bouncing a little bit. It's quietly crawling back out of its um, bottom at the moment, $266.29 at the moment. And ResMed also, uh, interestingly, they're up as well. They're up 0.8%, which pretty much mirrors what they were up in the US. So not too bad there. Fighting back in terms of ResMed. A little bit of a way to go there. They are launching their latest uh, AirSense 11 uh, this week. They're taking pre-orders for that. Interestingly as well, the price rise in that AirSense is uh, they're selling it for around $2,000. Usually uh, their machines, the uh, AirSense 10, is around 1500 bucks, including your mask and everything else. But these ones, the new ones, are around 1995 with all the bits and bobs that go with it. So there is a bit of a price increase there, uh, which could be good for margins. Some of the issues that we've seen around ResMed recently have been the margins in terms of uh, the machines and also just, I guess, some of the FX exposure they have got but uh, a little bit higher today, heading in the right direction, and you can pre-order those AirSense 11 machines. Plenty of talk in the um, the blurb from the uh, 11 machine in terms of what it can do with AI and technology, but at the end of the day, it is still not dissimilar, I guess, to the AirSense 10, although they've piled on about $400 in cost to that one. Of course, ResMed has had a bit of a tailwind uh, in the last few years with that recall from the Philips machines due to issues with the foam degradating 
and uh, becoming a potential health hazard and getting lodged in your lungs and causing problems there. So it has had a lot of free kicks, but really has failed to capitalize on that one. And the stock price has collapsed from around 25 bucks, uh, or sorry, 35 bucks to around 25 bucks at the moment, but it is starting to recover slightly. Maybe that's in anticipation of that uh, launch of the new product. So we're going to stick with that one for the time being, stick with CSL. Uh, obviously, uh, Marcus will be back tomorrow talking about the ideas uh, for Mineral Resources Fortescue and Champion Iron, and that was predicated to some extent on a better iron ore price and things happening in China. And uh, over the weekend, of course, we've had uh, more news out of China. None of it particularly good, none of it particularly bad. But interestingly, today we do get Evergrande uh, coming on back to trade. It has been halted for 17 months and uh, it unveiled a $4.5 billion US loss in the first half. It's, of course, undergoing a lengthy debt restructuring. So it'll be interesting to see how that one kicks off this morning. And uh, that will obviously uh, have an effect on the Chinese market generally. But there was some uh, news over the weekend from China talking about propping up uh, stock trading, uh, cutting stamp duty and making it more attractive to trade stocks. Well, that's great. But unfortunately, it would appear that uh, we certainly need more than just an incentive to trade stocks. There needs to be a bit more economic stimulus for the Chinese market at the moment. So... We'll wait and see how that one pans out as the day goes on. Just looking at my stuff today, just a little bit of a look at Pilbara. Clearly there's a bit of a divergence going on in terms of price targets and views on the stock. Just reading the Canaccord Genuity uh, research out this morning. Part of the problem with Pilbara does seem to be the increased capex cost, uh, which I think surprised some analysts. Also, the dividend was a little bit, uh, some are talking around a one cent uh, difference to what they were hoping for. So maybe that's a source of disappointment. There was also the tax rate as well. Uh, but of course, Pilbara has $3.3 odd billion in cash, net cash of $3 billion, uh, which apparently is a little bit below some analysts' forecasts. But I suspect it's really the CapEx guidance. Uh, that was around uh, $925 million Aussie midpoint, which was higher uh, than consensus there. So that has knocked the price targets a little bit from some. Just looking at the Canaccord Genuity stuff, they've got a price target of $5.40 on the stock. Macquarie uh, were also uh, talking about the increased capex and the uh, guidance of production, 660 to 690. Uh, they did point out that some of the increased capex was to do with getting to the P1000 expansion program. So some of the capex is actually driving expansion of, of production, that P1000, a million tonnes uh, per annum. So that is certainly the target there for Pilbara. But um, again, they have changed their price target just a smidge. Uh, they've uh, knocked it by 3%, which is hardly worth getting out of bed for. $7.30 still is their price target for Pilbara. So they're still pretty bullish on that one. And of course, capital management is front and center of many investors' minds in Pilbara, although I'm not sure I'd be buying Pilbara for the dividend, but it is throwing off an awful lot of cash and they did talk about special dividends and share buybacks as well with all that cash that they are accumulating. So interesting there. The usual U.S. check-ins this morning. And once again, the U.S. economy does seem to be in a pretty good place at the moment, to say the least. 
And um, despite the fact we've had you know 5% rises in US interest rates in the last year or so, the US economy still seems to be pretty good. And um, a lot of people not really feeling the effects of higher interest rates with those fixed mortgages, those fixed loans that the US goes in for, uh, some of those still around 2%. So not feeling any of the price rises, you just can't move or refinance, of course, uh, that makes it hard to do either of those two. So that is um, something to bear in mind. In other stuff in uh, Henry's take this morning, I did buy a few uh, little uh, extra calyx on Friday at uh, $4.10. They did get hit with a little bit of uh, excess negativity on the back of the Pilbara numbers. Of course, they have that calcineur in the Pilbara. Uh, they're working on with uh, PLS, Pilbara Minerals. Stock back down to $4.10 this morning. So it did have a little bit of a bounce, but it's back down to where it was. And finally, just in Henry's take this morning, just talking about how hard it is to actually beat the market. Um, and there's very few fund managers, really, that consistently do beat the market. There's an effect uh, that uh, a university professor from the Arizona State University, Heinrich uh, Bessenbinder, who is a seminal uh, professor in this field, uh, has coined a term called skewness, and it's the lopsided nature of market returns. And this was the interesting part that caught my eye. Uh, going back to 1926, 72 companies, only 72 companies, have accounted for half of all the net gains in the S&P 500 since that time. 72 companies. Of course, we've looked at skewness or that um, that concentration of stock risk that we've seen this year uh, with the largest 20 stocks in the S&P 500 have been uh, contributing most to the S&P in more than 20 years. We talk about the Magnificent Seven a lot, but um, it's actually 20 stocks that have done very well. But I was uh, staggered to hear that 72 stocks since 1926 have been providing most of the gains to the market. Uh, 70% of stocks in the S&P 500 lagged the index in the first half of the year. Some interesting fun facts there. You can see why uh, we have had uh, that uh, massive rise in ETF, passive fund ETFs especially, uh, because US fund managers and fund managers around the world do continue to struggle uh, to beat the index. However, uh, if you're a superstar, you do tend to continue to be a superstar. Uh, that's one of the um, the key takeaways. And one of the uh, the other professors, Martin Kremis uh, from the University of Notre Dame, had this to say, which I thought was also very interesting. It's only a smaller proportion of the assets that will be responsible for most of the outperformance. And that means to be successful as an active manager in that environment, you have to be more concentrated. It also requires more courage and stronger conviction. So not about diversity to some extent, more about conviction and concentration. I'll leave that thought with you for today. Just coming up to uh, 10 to 12, market up 40 points. US futures still holding in around 50 or 60 points for the Dow and around 30 or 34, 35 points for the NASDAQ futures. Uh, but it is a relatively quiet day. Retail sales have not moved the dial particularly in any particular fashion. So uh, we will continue uh, to probably hold these gains, although it does look a little bit toppy and we might see it drift back in the afternoon. But that's it from me. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great rest of the day. We'll be back in this afternoon with the end of day report. And of course, Marcus will be back tomorrow. 
with his members exclusive podcast.